Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Warning. The Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances. Listen, if you dare. Hey, yo. As we are brought in with the fire tones of the target, the whom we give all deference to, we'd like to welcome you to a special weekend edition, edition, and edition of The Outsider's Edge. Of course, you know it's me, your boy, Rance, a.k.a. Ray Cash. Carl is being daddy today, so it is just, if me and Carl, the, oh, the Golden Lovers, that's right, I forgot our name. I'm with my Golden Lover brethren, Mr. Kyle Morris. What's up, sir? Well... I mean, I'll try not to feel slighted at the thought that you forgot our name. But other than that, you know, there's a lot that's happened in the world of the wrestles. And we are here to, you know, give the people what they need to hear about it. Well, think about this. First and foremost, it's been a minute since it's just been me and you. It's been quite a few shows. Wrong or right? I mean, you know, it's been a long time, but, you know, that's not an excuse. <laughs> I'm trying to it's save not an myself. excuse. Yeah, I see you myself. digging your hole. Oh, uh, well, you know, hey. I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm in my hole and I'm digging little hand holes so I can climb out of it. Um, yeah, you know, this was a very interesting week. Um, I don't know if you guys got a chance to watch SmackDown Friday night. Fantastic. I don't know if you got a chance to watch Raw Monday night. Better than usual. Still not anything close to the other three shows. Um, Dynamite was meh. And I love NXT, so I'm biased, so I won't even speak on that. Um, but there's a lot of news, but none of it is like major stuff except for what we're going to start the show with today. So before we get into the shit we want to get into, any takeaways on the week? You know, we got the Rumble next weekend. SmackDown um, continues to deliver really, really, really high quality television. Facts. Oh, and um, Carl's not here, but Carl has been very happy with the Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens story, but he's been complaining Kevin Owens hasn't gotten over enough. Past two weeks, Kevin Owens got as over as you can get as a challenger. Just saying. Um, by the way, Royal Rumble's next week. We'll do our big preview of that. Start thinking about who your predictions are. Also, um, Dusty Cup is going. Uh, 
We'll probably talk a little more about that as it gets closer to the finals. Men and Women's Dusty Cup, shout out to the progress for that. Women's Dusty Cup is big. Um, and um, just getting the business out the way first. Don't forget, uh, there is uh, the, the three WrestleManias have been announced. This year in Tampa, they're going to have fans. Good luck with that. Next year in Dallas, we're going to be there. And uh, you say that, but uh, it's gonna take a lot to get me to Dallas. If I gotta fly, yo, I, I gotta fly to Charlotte or well, Columbia, but you know what I mean. Uh, and and like kidnap your ass. We going and and uh, thirty nine is in Hollywood. So yeah, um, while I'm handling this business, uh, yeah, go to ProWrestlingTees.com. Buy some shirts. Flash the chair shot. We got shirts and stuff. We got a shirt. Hashtag journalism. Go go do that. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for your uh, wonderful retorts. Um, I got nothing for these. Uh, for these, I guess you could call them plugs. Yeah, you know. We got to get about the way. I got to remember to do this shit more often. And that's my bad. Uh, but we got to talk some Undertaker, y'all, and not in the good way. Um, Undertaker decided to to go to the home of Scallywags and Skeezers, the Joe Rogan podcast. And he said some fuck shit, as you would expect a 50-year-old MAGA-esque Southern man, Biker, to say. I am going to read some quotes for you, and uh, you tell me what you think. He starts off by saying, uh, they, Joe Rogan asked him if he watches the current product. Taker says, and I quote, I try. It's tough right now for me. The product has changed so much, and it's kind of off. I'll probably piss a lot of people off, but they need to hear it. It is what it is. To the young guys who think he's a bitter old guy. I'm not bitter. I did my time. I walked away when I wanted to walk away. I just think the product is a little soft. There's guys here and there that have an edge to them, but there's too, there's too much pretty and not enough substance, I think, right now. One of the big things that happened was that the generation before, we all got old at the same time, so there weren't enough guys to work with the young guys. You can listen uh, to the fans on the internet, or you can listen to someone who's been there and done it. There was just not enough of the merging of the young and new talent. When we had Stone Cold, Rock, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, we were all working together, and then we all aged out. We aged out, and it left all these young guys to learn with uh, more young guys, and the product changed. Uh, but the major stuff that is pretty controversial is Taker decided to be the old guy on the hill uh, yelling at the sun talking about video games. So Taker said, uh, in that era of guys, too, those were men. You walk into a dressing room nowadays, and it's a lot different. I remember walking into my first real dressing room, and all I saw were some crusty fucking men. Half of them had guns and knives in their bag. Shit just got handled back then. Now, you walk in, 
there's guys playing video games and fucking making sure they look pretty. It's evolution, I guess. I don't know what it is, but I just like those eras, man. When I liked when men were men. Floor's yours, sir. Okay, so first of all, toxic masculinity. I just need to get that out the way. Like, I just need to get that part just right out the way. That is some like really gross, toxic masculinity when men were men. Like, go fuck yourself. Um, but like more immediately to my point, China, Brian Christopher, um, Brian Adams, Bam Bam Bigelow, Kurt Henning, Axel Rotten, Balls Mahoney, um, Sean O'Hare, Viscera, Brian Adams, uh, Bruiser Brody, Miss Elizabeth. I could go on for days. Like, there are so many wrestlers who have died young that premature wrestling deaths has its own Wikipedia page. So, like, forgive me if I would rather the locker room be full of people playing fucking Fortnite and doing live streams of Uno games than having guys doing lines of coke off of the bleachers in the locker room and then having naked knife fights like yeah men were men if you want to like take that colloquialism and everybody died young read jericho's biography where he talks about all of the funerals he attended before his 40th birthday Like, get all the way the fuck out of here with that kind of toxic nonsense. And, you know, I I hate the ideology that playing video games lessens you as a man. Playing video games is not masculine or tough or can't be equated with tough. Man, have, have you seen all the people on Up, Up, Down, Down? You telling me that Roman Reigns, rest in peace to my boy Luke Harper, Brody Lee, you know, Baron Corbin. You telling me Samoa the- Joe's not tough? Oh, yes. Like, oh, hell. You tell me Xavier Woods can't throw down and beat your ass in a fight. Like, it, it, is, it, it is silly and ridiculous and downright disgusting to equate that. Now, I'm going to give credence to one thing that he feels. I, and I don't begrudge anybody for feeling like their era was better than the others. We all do that. You and I think our music we grew up to was better than the shit that's today. That's just generations. Um, what I what I understand is, and I spoke to you about this uh, yesterday or the day before, is I do think that some of the roster is soft. Not soft in the fact that they're not men. That's degrading and insulting. I think that the business of wrestling has softened people's desires. And that so many people are very comfortable getting a check. Going and going, saying and catering, playing video games instead of um, rocking the boat, instead of doing everything they can to get on TV, instead of you know fucking with the writers or Vince or whatever they can. And you, I'll give you the opportunity to retort to me, but you pointed out the very wonderful idea that when you have a monopoly, what else can you do? 
Well, I mean, that's really what it came down to for the longest time. Like, when this is the only ticket in town and your only other option is to go back to grinding, grinding on the indies. Um, or leave or your country. Yeah. yeah, like, when that becomes your only, like, real viable option, if things don't work out with the only ticket in town, then, like, you do total line and you do rock that boat. and Or, or you don't rock that boat and you do you know, take what's given to you and roll with it. Like, there's there's a lot to be said for the fact that, like, yeah, there is a little bit more parity now because AEW is a thing, and it does give you the opportunity to, like, earn that, like, earn a meal ticket that's consistent for a televised gig Probably in your yeah. home country. Yeah. Um, so, like, that matters, and that is really, really important in terms of how, like, it has changed the current landscape a little bit. But, I mean, for the longest, people didn't really have the option to rock that boat unless they were at a point in their career where they were set in a certain way and it didn't matter anymore. Like, look at how long Punk, look at how long Punk put up with the shit before he yeah, finally yeah. was, yeah, before he finally walked out. He put up with a lot of that shit for a really long time. And then once he had like secured the bag to a certain extent and where it wasn't about the bag anymore, because that was already yeah. there, then yeah. it became about, well, I need personal fulfillment like this. You don't understand. It ain't about the money anymore. Like, yeah, you know, but for a long fucking time, he just ate the shit. I will. I, speaking of punk, I'll give you another example uh, to eloquate your point. Zack Ryder. Zack Ryder, he rocked the boat. He pushed the boat. He went out and did things his own way and got himself over what they tell you to do without even be, ever being on TV. And they gave him a moment because they had to placate him and then they essentially de-pushed him. Buried his ass. Yeah, yeah. You know what I was going to say? No, but yeah, he wasn't on TV for a while. So yeah, that, if you're, that's burying. Like, burying isn't losing magic. Burying oh, is yeah. completely no, like, not letting you get buried, on TV. He was buried like they destroyed his credibility. They slowly yep. destroyed his credibility. Yep. And then took him off television for months. Yep. And then when they did bring him back, he was a jobber. He was a, he was a jobber. He was a jobber and a comedy character that had like two or three notable moments. Then he got demoted to NXT so that he could move so that he could groom Mojo. Doesn't he have the weirdest career? Because all the shit we're saying, but then he also won the Intercontinental Championship and the Tag Team Championships of WrestleMania. And we'll still and we'll still like fervently defend his time in the company, like and say that they let him live his dream yep. and all of that other shit. And like I respect that, but like no, he is a good example of the use of the word burial. He was actually buried and then given, like you said, just enough moments just yep. enough they dangled the carrot just enough yep to keep him happy so interesting to me and we, we forget you know this this dude was a cancer survivor as a kid like he has a different perspective on life than we do well i don't say we than most people do because you know when you face a, a possibly terminal illness and you beat it think about things a little differently you know what i mean mm -hmm. um I know I'm pivoting a little bit from the topic at hand and what we had on our format, 
But you talking about Zack Ryder and his situation makes me wonder. There has been there was a big um, I won't say controversy, but conversation on the on the internet, on Twitter and the IWC. Um, a lot of people were hoping Ricochet's contract was going coming up, and then the report came out that he signed until at least twenty twenty four. And a lot of the rhetoric around Ricochet is that he's being buried. What do you think about the whole Ricochet situation and how he's being utilized? And if he is indeed not being used enough or abused in the eyes of many? I don't think the problem for Ricochet is that he's not being used or even that he's being abused. Ricochet's problem is the same problem as Retribution's. They're not moving. It's stagnant. That's Raw's entire problem. People have been saying, oh, Raw's numbers are dropping and blah, blah, blah. And you have mentioned, you know, they've got to switch something up because the product's not working. And I'm just like, but look at what they're doing on SmackDown. The product can work. The difference is everybody on SmackDown is moving. Mm -hmm. Everyone is moving. Everyone's got some kind of a direction. We can go from the top of the card with the head of the table and Jey Uso is now like toeing the line after trying to buck the head and he's try- and they're having like an authority conflict with Adam Pierce because he's the actual authority. Um, Kevin Owens has his whole thing. Sammy got the vice crew coming to like document a conspiracy and he's actively handcuffing himself to the barricade and pro- like protesting the fucking show. Um, uh, you know, Cesaro's winning now. Cesaro's winning now. Him and Shinsuke both just low key turn face, like, like R.I.P. to Brody Lee, but like Brody's Brody dies and everybody falls back in love with Cesaro again because Cesaro is just incredibly fucking lovable. Yeah, and was one of Brody's best friends. Yeah. So and now him and then Shinsuke does the gauntlet match, and so now him and Shinsuke are both just like low key turned face, and yep. they're winning matches again and d bry is doing his whole thing with gable and uh you got bianca doing the fucking fireman's carry to otis because she's got to prove she's the est to fight against bad bailey with the ding dong hello like sasha having lucha matches with uh with the uh carmela somalia Watch oh, that match like, if you ain't seen that shit. That's oh, fantastic. And like the, the like respect angle going on between Apollo and Big E. Like everybody on that roster has direction. Shit's going on. You know the the weakest part of the roster right now is the tag team division because there's only two tag teams. Billy Kay, Billy Kay in the right squad. Billy Kay is one of the best things about the WWE. Yes, the greatest things about the WWE. So, like, the formula can work. The problem that Raw and NXT, to an extent, are both having is that the shows have stagnated stories and characters. Because in the case of NXT, people have been there too long. There are too many people that have just, like, been there too long. There's only so many spots NXT's got for things. And so you see a lot of recycling and rehashing. But it's a lot worse on Raw, where everybody's just jogging in place. So you had me until you mentioned NXT. Um, and you know, you know me, I'm a fervent defender of NXT. I'll give you credit. Yes, I think that the top of the card is massively, massively tired. But they have tried to overcome that by putting different people in the main events and putting the 
the people you expect to be main eventers in different positions. Johnny Gargano is killing it as, you know, uncool dad with the way. Champa is in this, you know, uh, strange bedfellows, hated, love it feud with Thatcher. Adam Cole took a second back seat to Kyle O'Reilly, who's one of the hottest breakout stars of the past few months with Finn. So it switched up a bit. Um, I think the biggest issue with NXT is perception. Is the perception is NXT isn't good anymore because it's getting its ass whooped every week by by AEW. I think well, that's but it's, the problem. It's more than just that, though. It's also the way, and I mean, granted, they've had stories that have come out about like not wanting to mix the two rosters because of COVID, which is that's valid, real. That's real. Valid. Yes. Like I'm not trying to hate on that. That is valid, valid, valid. But. As a result, so, like, we brought this up in November and talked about how it's a fucking problem. NXT wasn't involved in Survivor Series. Yeah. They were relegated to their own show and not treated as a co-equal brand again. Yeah. And that's an issue from a perception standpoint. What was the... I You know, WWECW had a lot of reasons for its downfall. A lot. But one of the biggest reasons for its downfall is the second you decided to integrate them into SmackDown, as opposed to having them stand on their own as a co-equal show, you destroyed the credibility. Yep. yep. Why should anybody take this seriously when it's just the cast-offs? I completely agree. That's all facts. And that is a major problem that the aid of NXT, wow, NXT is having, and they get ass with every week by AEW, which does not help. No, doesn't help. Facts. They are losing to AEW, and they will continue to lose every week to AEW in large part due to the perception that has been built of this is the third show. This is the show that we don't have to pay as much attention to because they're not even going to get a recap on Raw and SmackDown. And and the show comes on, you can watch it on the network the next day. Yeah. But I think it's less about NXT and more about AEW because AEW feels fresh. You know what I'm saying? Even if the show isn't necessarily good, it feels fresh. It feels different. It feels new. You're right. They have their own issues, and I think a lot of their issues stem around the way that they structure the show. Um, Yeah, yeah, sure. sure. Like, like they have a format. Admitted, it is a format. um, And it works for some people. Some people are really into it, but I think it kind of pigeonholes them in some regards. Um, I also think they're, they haven't fully run into this yet. They haven't fully run into this yet, but they're starting to jut up against it. What happens when you have stars that are as big as the members of the elite? Mm-hmm. Okay. What happens? There's only but so much TV time to go around. Look at Orange. Look at all they have to do to like, Kind of not bury Orange in the sense of he's buried by the company, but to just like let you see him, but not actually use him so that you can't say that he's not on TV, but we're not actually utilizing him to any meaningful extent. Like, but how many of the how many people on the roster? And we, we, this, I, I hate that it, it that it feels like we. <laughs> Always shit on AEW because we shout on NXT pretty 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 well too. But how many people on that show? At least NXT has a 
if you if you have to separate the NXT roster from the performance in the roster, it's not the same roster. AEW has so many people on their roster that you never see weekly. Like, where is Pentagon and or Penta OLM or or Penta Sierra oh, Miedo or whatever? On yeah, you can miss with that bullshit. They they had they sent Matt Hardy in private. They turned private party heel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they hooked him up with Big Money Matt and sent them to Impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but okay, that we we can touch on that if you want to. We can move on. You you touched on something that uh, while we were on it, we were going to talk about this a little later. But you you know journalism, right? Yeah. You talked about NXT and their issues with their time slot and their day. Well. Some news came out this week. Uh, they might not be on Wednesdays much much longer. At least not on the USA Network. The NBC Sports Network, yes, that's a channel, is <laughs> shutting down. The main thing that the NBC Sports Network showed was hockey, Premier League, and college basketball. And as the resident NHL fan... I can tell you that the NHL's big thing on NBC Sports was NHL Wednesday Night Rivalries. For the record, he's the only person that watches hockey. Just want you to know. Dude, enough with that. All right? Enough with that. Other people like hockey, too. Well, you gave me shit about Alistair Black for for months. You give a shit about baseball. I I don't know who that is. There we go. See? Exactly right. So it's, 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 it's you and the hockey people's wives and their daddies and mamas watching the shows. Uh, nonetheless, uh, that might preempt NSC. We don't know how that's gonna work. Um, I don't know. The, so it might. But, go, go ahead. ahead. I was well, gonna say I don't. I don't know the contract of NXT. I don't know if they signed for years or year to year basis. I don't know what it was. I, I know the NHL's contract with NBC Universal, and I. Oh, know I'm sure it's fat. Yeah. And I well, no, no, I know that their contract is due to end. At the end of the 2020-2021 season. Oh. And part of the reason NBC Sports was dissolving is it was not a guarantee that the NHL was going to renew that deal. Um, Like, them moving to the USA is in in a lot of ways a net gain because USA Network is in 2 million more homes than NBC Sports is. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, MB- USA Network is in the most amount of homes of any cable network other than TNT, and it's like a difference of like two or three million homes. Yeah, so um, there was not a guarantee that the NHL is trying to fully renew their deal, and even if they did renew their deal, the expectation is that it's going to be something more like what the NBA does, where they've got deals with TNT and ESPN. So there's a lot of expectation that the NHL will either go to Fox or ESPN with like a side deal with NBC to still do like the Saturday games. Okay. In the fall. Okay. Because they do Saturday and Sunday afternoon games and do like the Winter Classic every year. That's the one game I actually watch every year, by the way. Etc. So like that, I think might be part of their animus there. Um, And with NBC Sports, the other thing with NBC Sports dissolving is 
there's a thought that some of that shit could all be moved to Peacock because NBC is trying to convince people to sign up for Peacock. They're already doing it with the Premier League. Um, I don't know how the NHL would feel about all that. Because they have their own. Well, especially because they have their own. Number one, they have their own channel. But number Mm -hmm. two, they have their own streaming. Like NHL.TV is its own thing. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be perturbed. So, like, I think it is much more likely. I think the optimal destination, not necessarily for them because it's the optimal destination for them, but because it'd be the optimal destination for the partner, I think ESPN wants them back. ESPN needs content. Sure, but they they have basketball on Wednesdays. They have that. Okay, yeah, they do. But I'm saying, like, they need content. You're talking about putting them on ESPN 2 or something? Whether you put whether you put them on two, whether you put a main channel game on Thursday or Friday or whatever, like mm-hmm. they need content, and the NHL plays more nights, like varied nights. Yeah, than, NHL and basketball are very similar in that that you got them every night. Yeah, you've got them every night, and if you don't have one, you have the other. So, yeah. like, if the Celtics are at home on Friday, then the Bruins are probably at home on Saturday. Okay. Okay. Or they both play on the same night and some uh, sometimes. Like sometimes they'll do like when they have the afternoon games for either league. Sometimes it's like, oh, the Celtics are playing at four o'clock tonight and then the Bruins are playing at eight o'clock or vice versa. Well, you talk about need content. ESPN always needs content. They're the, the worldwide leader, quote unquote, but Fox Sports One is begging for anybody to come. I that you is true that? as well. That is so, true as well. All I know is for all the shit Father Joseph gave about hockey, they're gonna get paid in the next deal. They're gonna get paid. Um, any that, any niche live sport is worth yes. a lot of money right now. Yes, live. If you can guarantee a network live original content that discourages piracy, that will guarantee them roughly a million viewers every week. Ad dollars will sell themselves. So here, speaking of with using that philosophy, we are a year and a half, year about a year and a half into the NXT on USA experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, I nobody can say it hasn't been a success. They get, they get, they get more. They get more viewers and more better ratings than anything else on that channel you could only say it's not a success if you're only looking at it through the head-to-head comparison with AEW. that is the only way you could objectively say no this has not been successful this has been trash whatever blah 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 is if you're only looking at it through the lens of well they lose AEW every week yeah fair enough and that's that's important to note uh but in terms of on that channel Anything they had on Wednesday, they're killing. So my question to you is, year and a half in, we know what we know. They lose regularly to the AEW. Um, they, their demos, if you give a fuck about demos, which I don't, but people do, are not the highest in the 18 to 49 optimal range. Would you keep them on Wednesdays or would you move the, move the day? I mean, 
it's it's a hard question to answer because like you'd have to think about okay fine if they're going to move them when are they moving them to are they moving them to tuesday or thursday because those are the only two days that wwe is going to agree to move them to sure tuesday or thursday but usa can do that because they don't have any as as of now at least yet they don't have any star or live programming that they can't to give context for those listening NXT was always on Wednesdays, even when it was on the network. AEW initially had Tuesdays. They have they had a trademark for Tuesday Night Dynamite. And because they're on TNT and they got the Turner deal, TNT has basketball on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Specifically Thursdays, but sometimes on Tuesdays. So to avoid being regularly preempted, they did the Wednesday thing, which caused the Wednesday Night War. USA doesn't have the problem. I mean, so again, it, it would still depend on what you're moving, like what night you're moving it to. I still think that does matter. Um, I don't know that it's going to make the numbers go up big time, but like, you know, what else is on TV on Tuesday and Thursday? I have no idea. From a wrestling standpoint, Impact is on one of those nights, but nobody give a fuck about that. Um, and so like... That's your only real wrestling competition that you'd have to worry about. I mean, you know that the AEW stands would frame this as like, oh, they kept Surrender. losing to Dynamite, so Surrender, yeah, so they just decided to up and move NXT to another night because it's the only way people are going to watch that shit or something like that because, you know, they're sad stands. Um, but, like... I guess it couldn't hurt. I mean, NXT is a taped show anyway, so like, it doesn't really make NXT. Too no, much. it's not. NXT is live every week. It is not taped. When did they go live? They went live like a year ago. They went actually. They went live when they went to USA. It's live yeah. every Wednesday. See, I thought it was a taped show. Still, no, it's been live ever since they moved. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know is the actual answer. I really don't know. Um, I guess, like, also it would depend on what you're replacing it with. If I'm replacing it with the NHL, which I know will get at least as many viewers, then sure, I can replace it with the NHL on Wednesday and I can put NXT on Tuesday or Thursday and maybe have three nights a week where I have really good viewing instead See, of just two. That's interesting because you look, I didn't even think about looking at it from the front of USA. I was just thinking about it from the frame of WWE. No, nah, dog, from- you got to look at it from the network's perspective. The network is the one, like, right, WWE right. matters from the sense that they are providing the content, but the network is the platform. The network pulls all that string. So, like, I'm not even looking at it from WWE's standpoint because my thought was ultimately they'll figure it out, especially because right now with the way that COVID's working, with them just shooting the shows from full sale every week, and well, the set so, already burned, whatever, whatever. And the set is always set up, and the cameras are always set up, so they don't have to take it up or take it down. It's just always there. So, like, it's just a matter of telling the talent to come on a different night of the week for them, especially right now. Mm-hmm. So, like, that ain't a whole lot of a thing. Um, I'm looking at this entirely from USA's standpoint. Am I cool with moving NXT from Wednesday night depends entirely on 
what am I replacing NXT with and what is NXT replacing? You know, if USA yeah. has nothing on Tuesday or Thursday, big fucking deal. They can move a show that they know right now averages several hundred thousand viewers over to a different night, get those several hundred thousand viewers for this other thing. Um, but what is going to go back on Wednesday? Because I'm not going to move this show to a new night to just cause and not have anything in the wheelhouse that I don't think is going to draw just as well, if not better. Wonderfully said. Also, I'd like to remind people that the network does not think like a wrestling fan. And with the network, their main concern is the bottom line. And so on that network, they're not looking at NXT as a failure because it's losing to AEW. They're looking at NXT, NXT as a success because it's doing better than anything else they could put on that night. So from you got to look at it from that frame, which Kyle perfectly explained, uh, because it's not as cut as dry as, well, you know, we got to beat the other wrestling show. They could give a fuck less. So um, speaking of that other wrestling show, I want to, I know I'm just fucking with the format, my bad. But I do want to speak about somebody you and I are both very high on. Uh, Mr. Powerhouse Will Hobbs. Mm-hmm. Recently, Will Hobbs had an interview. And uh, actually, I say interview. It's on the AEW Unrestricted Podcast. Every fucking week, something from this damn podcast is in the news. Like, I would be terrified if they asked me to go on that podcast. Um... That's what happens, though, when you as a company decide to record a non-kayfabe podcast and release it out in mass to the public. Is everybody's always on a hot mic just saying shit? Yeah. Okay, so let me read this quote for you and then we'll talk about how we we'll talk about what we think. Okay, okay. Um, Hobbs wrestled a dark match for WWE against Baron Corbin in 2016. After the tryout, they told him that they had nothing for him. So uh, they spoke about that. Um, And Hobbs said uh, it was against Baron Corbin. That was in San Jose, California. So maybe just 30 minutes from here, from where I am. Did that whole thing and had a tryout. The tryout was good. Well, that was a long story, but I'll give you the short story. They said we didn't have anything for you right now. And then just years later, getting the carrot dangling in front of me, pretty much told him F you. Right when I appeared on up on AEW, hey, remember me? The way I was raised, I don't got time for that shit. So to to if you guys don't understand the quote, what he's saying is he had a he had a uh, a tryout. He did good in the tryout, but WWE, which they notoriously notoriously do, said we don't have anything for you right now. Keep working. If we see something in you or we want you, we'll call you. And then uh, it's it's kind of a Mike Jones situation. Back then you didn't want me. Now I'm hot. They all on me. Hobbs is on AEW. WWE calls him back and says, hey, we're interested in you now. Hobbs says, fuck y'all. You ain't want me then. I don't want you now. So much to think about that. Number one. I respect the fact that the young man only wants to rock with people who want to rock with him. I respect that in him. However, 
What's the one thing you said to me when I said to, when I sent this to you, Kyle? I mean, you know, and I mean, this is obviously just a difference in how people are raised and like that's not a good thing or a bad thing, it's just a different thing. My thought when I read the first thing is who gives a fuck why you're interested in me? How much? Don't fuck up your money. Like, I don't give a shit why you care now. Okay, you didn't care five years ago, and now I'm the new hotness on these streets, and you found out, and now you're ready to talk about terms. All right, cool. Well, guess what? My price has gone up since the last time you talked to me. What can you do? Like, I, I again, that's just a difference in things. Like, I personally am not one to give a shit about why you want to give me the bag now. I just want you to give me the bag. Yes. So as look, long as I know I'm not going to be the fall guy later, and as long as this bag is guaranteed, shit. So this is the thing that bothers me about that. Because look, I'm, I'm clearly with you. Again, I respect the fact that there are people, especially a dude like Hobbs, who I'd imagine he grew up not too similar from, not too dissimilar from how we grew up. Uh, I get it. I only you want to rock with me. I rock with you. You don't want to rock with me. I don't want to rock with you. I get that. I, I I respect that to an extent. But this ain't hood shit. This ain't hanging out with homies. This ain't just stuff I'm doing to do. This is your livelihood and your career. So it's when it's this business, brother. And so WWE is in the business of interest. If they don't, if you don't garner interest. Or you aren't somebody that they can see, they can that they can immediately see what they can do with you. They not gonna sign you, homie. To quote, I, and this is gonna sound crazy, but bear with me. To quote Flavor Flav, I don't give a fuck what they think. They got to pay me, boy. <laughs> the motto for the motto philosopher William Drayton. <laughs> yeah, I don't give a fuck what they think. They got to pay me. <sighs> So look, I, and and again, I, I want to. And I, there's so many little tributaries we can go with this. But speaking just on the Hobbs thing, I'm gonna take it to a few different things here in a second. It's and it's so interesting to me that he might have fucked up the bag. Oh, he fucked up the bag with WWE, which is gonna be a big problem for him if something ever happens to AEW or with him in AEW. Because you know what I'm here's the thing. Because here's the thing. You called them out and you called them out. You ain't call Vince out. You called the company out. So now Hunter and Shane and Stephanie feel slighted. Yep. And if they feel slighted, they're going to be around a lot longer than Vince, homie. And if well, you're facts. cool with that, if you're cool with that, that's fine. If you're cool with that, that's fine. It is. But, like, we see it all the time. People talk that talk, and then later when they're walking that walk, they have a change of heart. But it's so ignorant to me to think that if you didn't want me once, then I don't want you no more. And that may not be the case with him. I know I'm assuming a bit, but let me tell you what I mean. What I mean is you listen to all the guys that are with WWE and talk about all the different trials they had. And every single one of them says the only time they wanted me was when I had something to offer. And no offense to Will Hobbs, 
because he is a fantastic prospect. I think he has all the potential in the world. But in 2016, he probably wasn't shit in the wrestling world. He was just probably a rookie who looked good, had a, had a great look, and probably, you know, maybe had a couple cool moves or two, but he didn't have a name. He didn't have any, any heat. Keith Lee! We just watched the 24 on Keith Lee. He got turned down three different times. Keith Lee! Three different times. You know what I mean? So, oh, yeah, it doesn't make any sense from the standpoint of, like, and I'm, I'm speaking more so to our listeners than anybody else right now because my thought is, you ain't ever interviewed for a job with a certain place that you wanted to work for, and you ain't get the job, but then, like, years later, you interviewed for the same job and got it, or, like, a similar job at a different company and got it. Like, that shit happens. That shit happens happens do you know how many interviews i had to go on before <laughs> i got the job i have now oh boy i spent two years yeah filling out resumes and driving all over south carolina and shit a lot of nights being you were on the phone was you just despondent like why didn't i want me i remember all these coaches getting jobs over me and shit like because that's what they needed they didn't need me they needed a coach and and you work in a field or a business where it is straight merit based. If you can do this for me, we'll hire you. WWE is straight interest based. It ain't That's what you can do in the ring. It's what interest you can garner for the money to come. You know what I'm saying? Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. But even more so than that, it's just like I'm just looking at this from the standpoint of I look at WWE. Yes, it is like sports in a lot of ways, but it's also a performance art in a lot of ways. You ain't right for the part sometimes. That doesn't mean ooh, that the director ooh, 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 ooh. That doesn't mean that the director will never hire you. It means you're not right for this part. Oh, like, I love that analogy. You might like, not be a you might not be a Romeo, you might be a Tibbet or a Mercutio, bro. Not, right. not even that. Not even that. You might not be a Romeo, but you might be a T'Challa. You're not right for this leap. But you might be right for that lead in this movie that I'm going to make five years from now. Oh, spit, bro. Speak. Like, when we're interviewing for a performance-based job, there's something I'm looking for that I need. I might not need you right now. And I'm thinking about five years ago. If we're talking five years ago specifically, let's think about Powerhouse Hobbs's look. Five years ago, they had all three Wyatts still. Kali was still bumping every now and then. They Thank had you. Kane. They had Baron Corbin. They had Thank Samoa you. Joe. Like, they had lots of big powerhouse dudes five, six years ago. They didn't need... I mean, shit, six years ago, Jack Swagger still worked for this company. So, like, Six years ago, your look might not be what they needed. But you know what they do need right now? What there's a dearth of on the roster? Big dudes that can go. So, can I read you a quote? Yeah. I'm not even going to tell you who's the quote from. I'm just going to read you the quote. You know where it's from, but you might not know what quote. Then we're going to compare this quote to Powerhouse House, okay? Okay. You never say never. You, I'm sorry. You got to never say never. Because you don't want to run back what you said years later because you don't know what will happen. Just the creation of AEW was so vital to the wrestling industry. And that's part of the reason why I'm so proud to be a part of it. I wouldn't rule out ever doing business with them again. We had a mutually beneficial relationship for a long time. If they called, I would listen. But I highly doubt we would ever be on the same page. I'd be open to an idea. 
I don't not like money. I got a kid on the way and got to put it through college. So, you know, I would take a phone call, but I highly doubt anything would materialize. Mr. Morris, who gave that quote? Well, the man who gave that quote and who will be in the main event of WrestleMania 40 in the, in the redux of the Shield triple threat match was John Moxley and Dean Ambrose. That's what I took that to mean. Like, give it like six years when he's done taking the full-time schedule bumps. I'm, I'm calling the Kurt Angle track for John Moxley. He's so going to go to this other company and yeah. he's going to do some of the best work of his career. In yep. this other company, he's going to find himself. He's going to do some of the best matches of his career, blah, blah, blah. And then he's going to be in his early to mid 40s and tired of the schedule. And he's going to call Hunter and Stephanie and be like, I won't do house shows, but I'll give you three big pay-per-views a year. And they're going to say, will your wife come too? So basically, you're telling me that all this was just a three in the morning text of Vince saying, you up? <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't saying you up. It was a, th- it was a 3 a.m. text to Hunter saying, yo, just don't forget about me. <laughs> One of those future texts. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I'm sorry. It was because I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This man said in the same fucking quote, never say never. I would certainly listen. I don't not like making money. I got a kid so on the way. I got a kid on the way that I got to put through college. All of those things scream to me, give it 10 years. I'm not saying give it two or three. I'm not saying he's going to be back tomorrow. I'm saying give it a decade when he's older and he's tired of death matches and he's done all of the creative things that he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. He's gotten all that out. Mm-hmm. And he's ready for one of them legends deals where he does three pay-per-views a year and no house show dates and the occasional television. If if I could sum up what you're saying though, to to equate it back to Powerhouse Hobbs, he's saying, when I have the leverage, I'm willing to go back. And that's why I'm so disappointed in Powerhouse Hobbs quote. Because you had the leverage. They wanted you. You didn't want them. And you can't you you can't think personally in fucking business. Brett Vince McMahon screwed Bret Hart and got punched in the face and still brought this motherfucker back 15 years and later. Part, and the worst part is though, man, is there's a way to politically say what he wanted to say. Okay, that's and back. Right. That's back. Because because all you gotta say is this. All you gotta say is this. I mean, you know, I had this tryout with them, and at the time they said they didn't have anything for me, and a few years later, you know, I've already gotten the call from AEW, and Tony had already brought me on board, and I was already, like, in this thing, and they called me back, and I would just, loyalty uh, loyalty matters a lot to me, and they, you know, AEW put a lot of belief in me, and I had already signed with them, and so I'm going to rock with them. And see where it goes. Exactly. And that's how it is for right now. And that's all you got to say. And then five, six years from now, when you're, you know, when you're looking for a change of pace or when you've got more leverage or whatever, and they offer you like an instant title push or some shit. Yep. You go secure the bag. Go get the bag, son. Now, don't fuck it up for no other reason than y'all. 
take this McMahon money. He's a bad person. Take his money. Look, facts. You, I will not. They, I will not retort that at all. Take no, he's all. a bad person. Take as much of it as you can. Get all that blood money. Get it all, please. And don't um, shed a single tear while you're doing it, because he's not going to shed a single tear when he throws you under the bus. Or while he's making it, while he's doing all the shady ass deals he does to make that money. Mm-hmm. And when you're broke down and crippled, oh, he'll pay your surgery and he'll yeah. pay for your rehab. He will. He will. And then he'll look you in the eye and say, nah, I can't renew your contract. Your knees are shot. Exactly. You, you better get on. Exactly. I'll let you, I'll let you work this booth. <laughs> they, that man gave Corey Graves eight concussions and then basically was like, listen, dog, I'm not saying that. You can never wrestle again. I'm saying you can never wrestle for me again. So, like, if you want to make it happen in this booth, we can make magic. But if not, you got to go. That's the Daniel Bryan story, right? Hey, if you want to leave, homie, you can go. You ain't never wrestling in this ring. Um, Until they needed him. He bided his time. He waited. He saw AEW becoming a thing. Then he dangled carrot. He was like, listen, if y'all don't want to let me wrestle for you, I'll just go be on TNT for the Jacksons. Oh, and, and then he hit him with this. And um, you guys can't see me, but imagine me sliding a piece of paper across the table. By the way, I went to 17 more Dodgers and I'm cleared on all of them. So just just food for thought. Let you know. Then the same doctor ran the same test. We're like, hey, you look all right to me. <laughs> Leverage, yeah. bro. This motherfucker, this motherfucker waited until he was ready and then was like, I'm going to secure this bag right here. I got these two little Bella babies. I got to oh, secure this man. bag right here. Oh, bro, that's funny. One more thing I want to touch on about this whole same subject. Um, so we already know about the tribalism between all the fans and stuff, and it's, it's ridiculous and it's disgusting, but we know what it is. And both of these are situations in which fans Fans are probably behind Will Hobbs because he said fuck WWE. Fans are probably pissed at Moxley because he said maybe WWE. But fans absolutely turned their back on one of the hottest young prospects in the game right now. Young Ben Carter. British man who was trained under the Black and Brave Academy where uh, Seth Rollins owns and trains. Uh, shout out to Merrick Brave. Uh, yeah, young man to our knowledge, we first saw him on AEW. You remember the story we talked about it he couldn't, uh, because of the visa issues, he worked AEW but couldn't get paid, so he did it for free. Yeah. 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 Um, and looked great. Worked Not only did he work a bunch of darks, he worked a Dynamite match. Like He was really liked there. And ended up signing with WWE, and instantly everybody was like, well, you're dead to me, Ben. I can't... I, I, I'd rather think that you don't exist than to see you in the WWE. Well, a young man came out uh, yesterday um, and said on his Twitter, direct quote, just thought I'd clear something up real quick. I had an offer from WWE before I appeared anywhere else, not after. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. So when it comes to matters of contract, shut the fuck up. You don't know what the fuck's going on. I just can't imagine caring that much. I can't either, dog. I just can't imagine caring that much. At least not caring enough to like actively say those things. Because you know what the easiest thing to do is? Just continue not watching the other show. 
if if Jay White does not sign with WWE, you think I'm gonna hate him? No, I'm gonna keep I watching mean, him in NXT. Well, I mean, and, and, and also, well, not, even beyond that, even beyond that, I'll give you a different example. I love Ethan Page. I love Ethan Page. I haven't seen an Ethan Page match in months because I don't watch Impact. <laughs> I'm excited as a motherfucker that his contract is up and he's going somewhere else. And Taya too, by the way. I don't know and, if you saw that. Well, yeah, but Taya, we know where Taya's going. <laughs> secure the bag. Secure the bag. Follow the hubs. And I am so ready for Taya versus Bailey and Taya versus Sasha and Taya versus Becky and Taya versus Charlotte and Taya versus Asuka. I could go on and on. I am here for the Taya versus all of them. Yes. No, but like with Ethan Page, there's, you know, legitimate, you know, he could go to AEW. He could go to WWE. Ring of Honor. He could go to Ring of Honor. I mean, he's got options. He's got legitimate options. And he's Canadian. So, like, his options, it's not that they're different so much as, like, he's going to figure his shit out before anything goes down because he's got to have his visas and stuff figured out. Or just move. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, like, um, you know, I'm excited as a motherfucker that his contract is up because whether he goes to AEW or WWE, I'm about to see a lot more Ethan Page. I'm well, sorry, I'm y'all. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I ain't watching no goddamn promotion where they got fucking... Moose and Rich Swan arguing over which title is the real title, and Taya shot Johnny Bravo. Like, oh, I ain't God. doing it. I ain't watching that shit. I'm gonna let the Johnny Bravo shit slide because I shit on hockey on the show, so I'm gonna let that shit slide today. Like, oh, God. Shit. That's a terrible ass carny promotion. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Um, just, just, and you, you are who you are. Fans, you're going to be who you're going to be. But just think about this shit before you, before you say, do something. And I guess if we can give one final thought process to the, to the end of this segment, secure the bag, wherever the bag is. Because again, because again, whether you work for Ring of Honor run by Sinclair Broadcasting, evil corporation, terrible people. WWE, owned by Vince McMahon, evil man, terrible human. Or AEW, or I was going to say, AEW, owned by the Khan family, terrible humans, awful people. Take all of their money, because they're all trash. The only major company not run by absolute garbage people is New Japan run by Bushi Road. They're not garbage humans. Yeah, but they're a monopoly, so... Uh. All, I was going to say, they are a monopoly, so they're not clean, but they're not all garbage humans. Hey, Kyle, you remember this one? <clears throat> but Kyle, Tony Khan seems to be a very straightforward individual. I like him. Well, Mr. Uh, four marks, by marks. Um, 
I hate to break it to you, but uh, Tony's money comes from his daddy, Chad, uh, Shad Khan, and that's uh, blood oil money. And Trump supporter money, by the way, because y'all bitched about uh, all the shit that Linda apparently did. You know who yeah. threw all the parties for him in Florida? Mr. Khan. Just yeah, saying. all those parties that Chris Jericho was donating to and pay, uh, playing music at? Oh, this, well, we do you want to talk about Jericho the and the Super Spreaders? The Magod. <laughs> the Magod. Not the Demigod. Do you, no. We don't have to talk about it, but I want to just, because it's, uh, we haven't had a, it's been a little, it's been a little while since we had a show, about two weeks. Since we talked about the fact that AEW had a mysterious COVID outbreak that affected the EVPs and Jericho, conspicuously close to after Jericho attended the Sturgis biker rally with all those anti-maskers, and that <gasps> nothing came of that. Well, whatever, whatever could be afoot. You know, and, and what pisses you off, what pisses me off about that is you've got pieces of shit like that guy we won't even name after Brody died doing everything they can to create a scenario to piss people off when there's a plain sight one right over here that has nothing to do with Brody and his mysterious illness that like is devastating to his family. This is legitimate shady bullshit over here. Yep. Okay. Um, we got two more things to get on. Uh, that was good. I enjoyed that. Um, it, was it was very cathartic. Yes, that's a great word. Um, you want to talk some not Bullet Club? I mean, four, 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 four life? Question mark. <laughs> or four, 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 four money? No, no. As Thomas said it, as Thomas said it best, all deference, um, for the elite. Facts. So, um, so much. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, please set it up. I, I just want to set it up for you because Brother Rance is going to hit y'all with some uh, real hot fire from our personal favorite Tongan, Mr. Tamatanga, um, when he was asked his opinions about the um, not Bullet Club reunion with the Good Brothers and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. If you guys are not listening, following, or looking at the highlights of Tama's Island, shout out to Ross Berman, by the way. Uh, you're missing out. Oh, my boy goes off on him. Um, first and foremost, before I read these quotes, quotes, I want to remind you that Tama is the one who said and broached the idea, which has some credence, that the, the infamous cease and desist letter from WWE is a lie. Never existed. Shock. Carney's doing Carney shit. Oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, so we all know that the uh, the elite, when I mean the elite, I mean Kenny Omega and Young Bucks and the OGs or the Good Brothers or the Biz Clears, whatever you want to call them, Gallows and Anderson, all joined back together on uh, what whatever episode of Dynamite. It was the end of Dynamite um, t- I want to say two weeks ago. Yes, the f- the first of the two s- New Year's, New Year's de- shows, like New whatever. Year's uh, Revolution, or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah, yeah, the show after I, Brody's. You know, I feel bad. Trip. I legitimately do feel bad not knowing the actual name for it because, like, I might shit What's on the it? company a lot because of who runs it, but like, I do have a lot of respect for a lot of the people on the roster. Same, same. 
Same, one hundred percent. Um, but then uh, there was a they main evented the main they main evented the uh, pay per view on Impact. Um, Hard to Kill, Kenny, and the Good Brothers versus it was supposed to be the Motor City Machine Guns and Rich Swan, who's their during world champion. During which Kenny came down to the ring in the Bullet Club Trick or Treat shirt. Now again, first and foremost. If anybody can hit anybody with a cease and desist, it is um, Bushy Road. Bushy Road. (laughs) Bushy Road could uh, copyright that shit. (laughs) Yes, so so much, and 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 so much of it feels like trolling. But anyway, Tama went off. So um, they asked him about the whole situation, and Tama goes off, and I I I'm not even going to try to even say it like Tama did, because my boy was off. He went off on him. <clears throat> These are all direct quotes, by the way. If I was Dave Meltzer, I would have given the shirt five stars and given Kenny Omega two stars, because his tan was more, uh, more orange than a damn pumpkin. Who taught you how to tan, bro? Damn. Need to stop using that maple syrup as tanning, because that's not it, bro. That's not it. And let me tell you something, Carl Anderson. Nice sweatshirt. I like it. I'll give you your props because you're an OG. But I'm going to correct everybody that's been saying, oh, he's an OG. Are y'all fucking crazy? Are y'all fucking out of your mind? You haven't been in the group for five fucking years, bro. You've gone on to greener, to greener pastures. And you don't have no more, no say no more in Bullet Club. You, not, you know no longer claim Bullet Club. You were the OC. You were bulletproof. You were bullet brigade. You were the bullet nobody cares. You were this. You were that. How many goddamn times are you going to try, dog? It ain't going to work. When you ain't got the heart and soul in it, it's just bullshit. So then uh, he goes on to uh, talk about um, a reunion in Japan. He said it would have all been gravy if they came back to Japan. There would have been a big-ass reunion. I would have thrown a party. I would have gotten like 900 sponsors all over the place. We would have got, we would have thrown out everything for these guys. And you sold out to the one team we kicked out. How are you going to have a reunion with guys that got kicked out? What kind of shit is that, bro? What kind of shit is that? That's the dumbest, stupidest shit I ever heard, bro. Y'all can't get any dumber than that. But I expect that. I expected you guys to play that stupid card. Come on. You could do better than that. Carl Schmanderson and Luke Schmallows. <laughs> Come on, man. And then uh, they continue to go, once a sellout, always a sellout. Never forget that. They're always about that quick buck and whoring off, knowing the right time to pull the trigger. You guys are a bunch of click, 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 click. No bang. Nothing. The two sweet heard around the world? Fuck all that nonsense. That stupid-ass fuckery. That shit is whack anyway. We done moved on. We done moved on. It keeps going. You want me to stop? No, I don't want you to stop. <laughs> the only people they're advertising are themselves, not Bullet Club. And you all should have known that when they did the whole Elite thing. Oh, the Elite made Bullet Club more famous. Bitch, the Elite made the Elite more famous, not the Bullet Club. But that's how they were able to go on. They used Bullet Club to go on and do their other shit. They used us as a platform. And let's not forget that bullshit. Come on now. They used us. They used ROH. Who else did they use? I'm going to tell you this. 
remember this. How you treat people on the way up is how they're going to treat you on the way down. Don't forget that. Look at them struggling right now, man. Struggling so bad and so desperate. Oh, let's bring Bully Club and all these ex-members. What kind of dumb shit is that? I've never seen anything so dumb before. Carl Anderson. I expected more, man. But I guess I was wrong. I guess five years out there in New York really cluttered your brain. I felt like I should have played Ether as I was saying all that in the background. Oh, like where to begin? Where to begin? Mm. Um, let's start with the the they were the guys that were kicked out. Um, Speaking of the elite, by the way, for those of you who don't know, yeah, speaking yeah, of they're talking about Andy the elite, Bucks, Cody and Hangman, yes, they're talking about the elite. Um, I think like Cody and Hangman, yes, but I think it's mostly aimed at Kenny and the Bucks because oh, Cody and Hangman were like part of it, but not part of it, and they were never really Bullet Club. No, no, they were um, Bullet Club, but they, they were, were like America. they were Bullet, Bullet Club America. It's just go. like Adam Cole; they were Bullet Club America. There you go. They weren't, like, full on. Um, but, like, it's really, really aimed at Kenny and the Bucks. Um, and it's mostly, you know, this is getting into the beef between them and Bushy Road. When he was talking about reunion, like, I couldn't help but think he meant not just Anderson and Gallows. I kind of feel like, in a way, he was talking about, like, all right, they went and they did their little, we're going to make our own company thing, blah, blah, blah. But if they'd have done it the right way, and they'd have approached it the right way, and they'd have approached us the right way, we'd have welcomed them. We could have worked with them. I'd have got sponsors involved for this, that, and the third. Like, that screams to me like, we could have made this a working relationship, but y'all wanted to do fuckery. So fuck y'all. I agree with that. Um, And you, you know what bothers me? What bothers me? fantastically bothers me. Yeah, go. Is that people consider Kenny and the Bucks the Bullet Club, and then they'll say, but the Bullet Club is dead in Japan. You don't even watch New Japan. Nope. Bullet Club is the biggest, outside of LIJ, Bullet Club is the most over and important faction in that entire company, even over Chaos. And right Watch now, the show. Well, and right now, I was going to say, speaking of chaos, right now, they're the most stable faction. And they got all the belts, because if you didn't know, Ishimori and ELP won the junior titles last night. Yeah, so they got everything except for the junior. The junior title is with Hiromu. And the heavy. And the heavy with Naito. Yeah. Or yeah, not Naito. Abushi. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, the stable list Abushi. Yes. So, like. Yes. Yeah, so Bullet Club is still very much a thing in Japan. Now, did Bullet Club go through some struggles in 2020? Yes. Yes, Yes. and 2019, both years, yeah. Yes, but the 2020 struggles were tied mostly to a lot of the biggest parts of the group weren't there. And evil. Yeah, well, you know, that too. (laughs) Oh, we're not going to speak about that? Okay, my bad. (laughs) The less said about that, the better. Yes. But that bothers me so much, dog. It bothers me so much because one, it, it, one it's it's clear, it's clear bias, and number two, it's clear ignorance. Because Thomas said it perfectly: the elite never propped up Bully Club; they always propped up themselves. And the proof is in the proof is in the names. What was the name of the web series, Rance? What is the name of the web series? Oh, that's right, the one that uh apparently furthers all the storylines on Dynamite, but it's never talked about. 
Yes, oh. that's the one. Being the Elite. Yeah, so the web series is Being the Elite. It was about the lives of just the Elite. Oh, yeah. Um, then, what's the name of the company? Oh, um, you're talking about the one that's four marks by marks? Yeah, where the um, rules are made, uh, or no lessons are learned, and the points don't matter. Oh, yeah, I believe it's called All Elite Wrestling. Yeah, so, like, everything about the marketing was always about getting the elite more over. And, use it, you know, the using people is really an apt description. They did use Ring of Honor in New Japan to get themselves, you know over as recognizable names in the industry. They used them for all in. That's for they, damn sure. They used sure. them for all in. I would argue, and I mean, it's a symbiotic using because I think he's using them as well. They use Cody. Oh, that's facts. They that's use facts. the fuck out of Cody's name and savvy for the business and connections that he built from his years with the WWE. And most importantly, if I may interject to to further your point the most the, the thing they used the most was his ignorance to being outside of wwe because mm-hmm. remember cody was always going to do well in terms of drawing because he's a name he's a road yeah yeah but he did not know how to navigate the non-wwe waters until he hooked up with nick and matt jackson and you know and here's the uh, other reason you know that they used him um, when he first left, he was working for all kinds of companies, doing all kinds of shit for all kinds of companies. Yep. Once he got hooked up with the Jacksons, all of a sudden he was only really doing Ring of Honor Come in on. New Japan. The man worked WrestleMania, Final Battle, and, and Wrestle Kingdom uh, in the same year. And Bound for Glory. Remember you fought yep. uh, Mike yep. Bennett? Yep. Yes. Did all of that in the same like wrestling calendar year. Um, facts, all facts, all facts. But yeah, so like they used him. They're using Tony Khan for his money. Well, we know that Tony Khan's a money mark. We know that. Yeah. So, but but I'm just saying, like all of those things are facts, and like he's right about as far as like how you treat people on the way up is how they're going to treat you on the way down. Like I don't wish bad things on AEW. I hope that AEW is successful. But if it's ever not. I don't feel I don't feel bad for the Jacksons if it's not. You know who I feel bad for? All of their friends that they used and abused along the way who will be stuck holding the bag. Oh, like Adam Page? And best friends? Oh yes. SCU? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all those guys. So you spoke about the elite part of the of the of the let's call it the battle rap, the diss, right? Uh, let me speak about the Good Brothers part. <clears throat> I have no respect for the Good Brothers. None. When I say no respect, I mean, of course, I respect them as athletes. And, you know, I think I'd have a great time with them as people. But I have no respect for their business savvy, and I'm going to tell you why. Because they have no... They are, they, they are only loyal to themselves, which isn't a, always a bad thing in business. But they're so willing to lie and to connive to get what they want. Now... They out here I, treating this shit like it's the territory days, and we're corporate now. And but yes, and that's exactly what they treat it like. That's a fantastic. No, that, that is. They out here acting like this the territory days, 
And they're just gonna, you know, only invest in themselves because once I'm done with Mid South, I can go. You yeah. know, I can go on to the Georgia next one. championship, a Florida yeah. championship. Yeah, now, Midwestern championship. Like my, my heart goes out to them for the way Vince did them. That was fun. Yes, that my was fun. I will never, I will not sit here and say that wasn't. And like, yeah. if you know the rumors about Paul's role and all that are true, like that is dirty. I don't think that was. I don't, that's another conversation for another day. That's another conversation for another day because I don't, I don't have qualms with what he said because he, what he said was true at the time. Shit changed, but I feel you. What I'm talking about in specifics is they're whoring, and I mean that's W H O R E of Bully Club and not having a legitimate individual uh, idea between them. Their individual shit is the talking shop mania. That shit. I'll never watch it, but it did good. That's individual. But when you're on TV and making this money from all these blood companies, and all you can think to do is, oh, I'm from Japan. I throw up the, the too sweet. Be more individual because you, first and foremost, New Japan owns all that shit. It's why they failed in WWE. It's yeah. why they failed in WWE. It really is. Because, like, yeah, AJ came in, and for some of the audience, his tenure as the leader of the Bullet Club was the thing that they knew him best for. For a lot of the audience, TNA yeah, is what we knew him best for. Absolutely. Um, but not the point. Point is, yeah, that was a thing that they might have known him for, but that's never what he made it about. Um, Anderson and Gallows make it all about um, Anderson and Gallows. Or they, like, I'm sorry, let me rephrase. I got sidetracked. Anderson and Gallows, from the time that they debuted, have made it all about they were part of the Bullet Club. It's always been the allusions to them being in the Bullet Club. Mm. When they first debuted, it talked about how big they were in Japan, and then all they did was hang out with AJ and throw up the two sweets. Yep. And, or, hang out, or hang out with Finn and throw up the two sweets. Yeah, like, they'd have been better off trying to debut under that good brother doctor shit. Yeah, that was stupid, but at least it was different. Stupid, but at least it was something. It gave them a personality, and more than just goon henchmen, because that's what they came in as. They came in as goon henchmen, and they have fantastic personalities. They're hilarious, but and it bothers me because I, I I don't I don't I know it's all carny carny shit, but I don't like don't like fake shit, and I don't like when you use the ignorance of the audience against themselves. I don't like that shit. What I mean is, we got lied to about this a about this uh, season desist from the Jacksons. We got lied to about that, right? For all I know, it may be true, but nothing of the consequence is shown that it's been facts, other than a report. Okay, we know factually. You can go to the trademark website right now and factually see that New Japan or Bushi Road owns Bullet Club. That's facts. You can go facts and look that the two sweet. Uh, Two Sweet was owned by I think WWE from 2015 to 2017. They lost the trademark, and Pro Wrestling Tees bought it, and it abandoned in 2017, and it was abandoned in 2019. All this shit, right? So you are using shit that is not related to you. You are basically taking food and money away from other people's table because what you're doing is relegating what somebody else made and is using and making their living off of in another company. You're relegating that shit to y'all. So then when fucking Tama comes out and says, I'm Bullet Club, motherfuckers are like, no, you're not. Kenny and the Bucks and 
Gallon Letters in the Bullet Club. Mm-hmm. And that's killing them because they're the real Bullet Club who's actually doing Bullet Club shit in the company Bullet Club started in. It's no different than if X-Pac left D- DX when DX was at its height and went to w- uh, went to ECW and started D-Generation X again with the Impact players with uh, Just Incredible and Lance Star- Storm. Mm-hmm. And my folks are like, no, X-Pac is the real uh, DX. Meanwhile, Triple H and China over here like, bitch, what? It's it's so and, and that that maybe this bothers me more gratuitously than other people, but that uh, that offends me personally. Like don't don't take away how somebody else eats, and I may be jumping too too far out the window, but that's what it feels like to me. It doesn't offend me per se, but it just like it just betrays a lack of actual creative ability because because like you just keep clinging to this old shit from before that like we forever associate you with sure you're right we do um but like you never come up with anything else and you're dwelling on this past shit like you know at least kenny and the bucks whether we like what they're doing or not have tried different shit have tried other shit. This yeah, is give contri- for that. this is contrived and terrible. Um, not to mention, like, damn, Don Callis, how much respect do you have for your own company? If I were Rich Swan, I would be so pissed. But you know it's what the, the marks are gonna say? It's the main event of my goddamn pay-per-view and my goddamn company that I'm the world champion of and I'm about to take the fall for this motherfucker. But you know what the marks are gonna say? The marks are gonna it's say Omega. No, not, well, yes, that's number one. But but the, the marks are gonna say they're gonna justify it with this. But Kyle, but Kenny and Rich Swan will have a 15-minute match and Rich Swan will have good offense. And Kenny will win, but Rich Swan will show that he can be in the same ring as Kenny Omega. That ain't gonna justify shit. Brit, bitch, all that does is says that literally everyone on the Impact roster are scrubs. Because you ain't better than Rich Swan, who's your world champion, and your world champion ain't better than this guy. So that must mean that this other company's competitors are somehow at a higher level than your people are. If we're gonna keep it a buck, Rich Swan ain't better than Moose, but I'm just I'm just talking to the void. That's true, but Rich Swan's a better person than Moose. So all facts. Like, all facts. Don't let it go. I, I, I have no qualms with Rich Swan being the world champion. I, I appreciate it that he got that rub. But the problem that gives is Rich Swan ain't credible in no other company as a world champion. Nope. And that don't mean he's not worthy enough to be world champion material, but like this is like that time period in Ring of Honor when the Briscoe brothers were trading off the world title. And it's just like, okay, I get that they've been with the company for a long time, and I get that they can put together a match, and like, I don't like them as humans, but I can put all of that aside of course. and give them those like compliments. They are capable wrestlers, and they've got the tenure, and blah, blah, blah. That's great. This is a fucking career tag team. And like, 
they're both multi-time world champions of the company because during that phase of the company, y'all ain't have no fucking body. And you had I, tag teams running the goddamn main event. I feel you. But Jay Briscoe was 6'4", 240, 230. Rich Swan is 5'8", 145 pounds. And I'm not being sizes here. Here's the difference. The other people who were world champions at that size, Daniel Bryan, Finn Balor, AJ Styles, or small people, are strikers that can believably tear you down or submission wrestlers or have some type of, of kick. Rich one jumps and flips. Or they're Rey Mysterio and it's 2008 and we're pretending. Look, okay, thank you for saying that last part because Rey Mysterio is the reason why I call myself Rey Cash. Rey Mysterio had no business being a world champion. He got we, out the GP of Eddie Guerrero, about, bro. We we talk about the ultimate opportunist. That was some ultimate opportunist shit right there. That was some real ultimate opportunity. And like, I, I'm not saying he did it on purpose because I don't think he did because he's not that kind of person. No. But at the same time, like, I mean, who says no? I, exactly. I mean, if somebody comes up to me and says that shit, I'm just gonna look at him and be like, I mean, okay, but you guys have to start putting one or two more zeros at the end of these checks. That. That's why y'all can't never tell me shit about Cody and Stardust. Because Cody bitched that he didn't want to be Stardust no more. When his dad died, rest in peace, Dusty. They came to him and said, hey, bro, it's time for you to be Cody Rose again. Nah, it's not time yet. Six months later, I'm ready to be Cody Rose again. Bitch, we gave you the moment. You had the moment. So don't miss me all that. Because this man, Rey Mysterio, wrote a whole WrestleMania storyline off of the good graces of a heart attack in Minnesota. Also, oh, miss me with all that. Also, 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 I'll say this about the Stardust thing. This is the only time I'll ever say anything about the Stardust thing. Because, like, I mean, I get it. You don't want to be Stardust anymore. Cool, whatever. You uh, managed, because you said you weren't done with it before you decided you were done with it, you managed to turn that angle into an actual Hollywood connection for yourself. Ah, good point. Like Good. an actual legitimate television connection because that got you hooked up with Stephen Amell and you have used that to make lots of good money for both of you. Like Stephen Amell has benefited from that. And Stephen Amell is one of my favorite celebrity wrestlers because he was always willing to take them bumps. Oh, oh, oh Lord, yes, he was. Woo, he was willing to take them bumps. Um... But at the same time, like, shit. So let me say one more thing before about Tama before we go. Um, one more quote for you. <clears throat> Ain't nobody give a fuck about impact. End quote. No, I'm just playing. There's more to the quote. But, that, but that's the perfect quote for me. Um, I got no problems with WWE. No problems. Hunter, Vince McMahon, anybody, we're open for business. You come and take care of me and my people. I'm talking about Bullet Club and New Japan. Let's do business. I have no beef with y'all like these other cats. Building a company just to rival you. Nah, we're New Japan. We've been here. We have no problems. Our gates are wide open. Let's do business. WWE, what's good? If WWE and New Japan have any type of working relationship, the world and the internet will explode. I mean, WWE is a great place to send uh, young boys on excursion. You want oh, them to I didn't learn. Even think about that. You want them to learn character work and different styles and how to be 
on television. That's a great place to send young boys fresh out the dojo who have the strong style part down. They just got to learn that other shit. Gabe Kid or Yui Mara sent over here to, to NXT. Lord have mercy. And then you flip that and you send, say, um, Kona Reeves or Damian Priest somebody oh, to New Japan. Well, but it it also allows them to take advantage of the alumni pipeline when they need it. Like, oh, you guys got Wrestle Kingdom coming up? How about Prince Devitt makes a Wrestle Kingdom appearance? Shinsuke got one last match in the Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, Yeah, you know, Shinsuke can retire that Intercontinental title. I'm with it. Shinsuke can happily retire that Intercontinental title. Because Shinsuke can show up on day one and just be like, y'all out here disrespecting my belt. Keep it a buck. They have three former IC champions. They have Shinsuke, who is known. That's his belt. They have have Andrade. Don't forget, La Sombra was a former champ. And they got the person who won the first ever IWGP Intercontinental Championship in MVP. Y'all ain't know that, did y'all? That's true. I'm just saying, Shinsuke, because he is known for that belt, he could come out on day one and just be like, y'all out here disrespecting my title. I'm not with it. I am the king. That is my belt, and I have come to reclaim it. <laughs> but, but we are one step closer. If just just this conversation brings me one step closer to WrestleMania or Wrestle Kingdom, with in fact, well, you know Bob what versus Roman Reigns, so you can just splooge everywhere. <laughs> Give me. I want Okada versus Roman. I want. Uh, I want Tanahashi versus Cena. I was about to say. So I would send Roman. To New Japan, because I want to see Roman wrestle that strong style so bad. And then I would send... I don't know. I want to see what the, what the Japanese crowd would respond to Cena in Tanahashi's house. I, I would love to see that, too. I just want to see Tanahashi versus John Cena. I don't give a uh, fuck how I got to see it. I don't give a fuck who I have got to meet in what back room and what kind of deal I need to make to let it be done. I want to see <laughs> Tanahashi... My my boy Kyle always taking one for the team. I'm with you, brother. Okay. Tanahashi versus John Cena. Okay, so we got Tanahashi Cena. We got uh, Reigns Okada. Who you giving Naito to and who you giving Nabushi to? Um, Naito versus Seth Rollins in, in that heel Monday Night Messiah role seems a little scrumptious to me. Oh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Abushi Daniel Bryan? No, I'm giving Naito Daniel Bryan. And I'm going to give Abushi. Somebody else Flippy Do? Abushi Abushi and Seth Rollins will be fun. Because Seth can do Flippy Do stuff too. No, I'm going to give you a different one just because I think the match would be so good. I want Abushi versus Sammy. Sammy versus anybody would be fantastic, though, and he's like the he's like the marathon man. It's kind of like Sammy and Cesaro have that in common. In that I'm just like, yeah, put that like Cesaro versus Ishii is some (laughs) shit that I need. Ishii for sure, but no, Cesaro versus Shingo Tagaki. All right, all right, all right. Okay, no better question. Who would you give? No, no better question. Who is brave enough to step in the ring with Minoru Suzuki? Okay, so who who's their heart? Minoru Suzuki versus The Fiend? I was thinking that, but I was like, is that too, like, Carney for Suzuki? Probably. Probably. 
Um, okay. Uh, who Baron is Corbin starting? versus Suzuki? Maybe, but Baron Corbin would you? you I, He's so big, is the problem. Yeah, yeah, but you know Suzuki would love trying to get that. Oh uh, yeah, Suzuki uh, would be about it, about it. <laughs> but who's who's the hard man on the roster right now? Like, because Suzuki, Suzuki versus Dean Ambrose would have been the 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 go. We've had Suzuki versus Moxley, and it was fun. But who's like the crazy guy or the hardcore guy or the or the hard man? Don't fuck with me, guy on the roster right now. Kevin Owens. I'll rock with it. Kevin Owens versus Suzuki Goon and all the goons around. But uh, imagine all the goons with Suzuki Goon around and Kevin Owens walks in there by himself. Fate, that would be fun. Stun everyone. Stun the world. Zack Sabre Jr., you get a stun. Takamishi Noku, you get a stun. Tai Chi, you get a stun. That would be fun. That would be fun. Yeah. So, anyway, I mean, you know. We're over here just having fun with it because it would be fun. But, like, for real, for real, though, like, you know, the one thing that Thomas said that was correct is, like, the beef ain't with us. The beef is the fans. We don't give a shit. We ain't got no problem with the WWE. They don't take nothing from us. That boy We're said, out here doing our own thing. We making our money. That boy said y'all built a whole a whole company to rival these dudes. <laughs> it's just so facts. All right. Yeah. Um... I have one more thing I want to talk about, but we've been going for an hour and a half. You want to talk about No, what is it? Alright, this is a personal annoyance of mine, which was pretty much the whole damn show. I know you don't watch Raw, but did you catch any of... Well, I don't say we don't watch Raw. You don't pay attention to Raw. You catch up with some of it. So, I'm not going to lie. I have not seen Raw this week. I have not. Any of it. You haven't seen any highlights or nothing? I have not seen much of anything related to Raw this week. Okay, so you know Alexa Bliss has the fireball. She did the she threw a fireball at Randy Orton, and he's wearing that weird face mask thingy, right? Um, but in general, she's like you know possessed by Bray Wyatt now. She's possessed by the spirit of Bray Wyatt, and especially since Bray Wyatt got burnt, the, it's looking like the 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 spirit of the fiend has embedded himself or itself into Alexa, because you know how the fiend has the uh, hurt heel, she got to play pain, right? Speaking of stagnated things on Raw, this is just making me think of The Miz still has the briefcase. Yeah, yeah. And he's still, and he's still cutting. And him and Morrison are still, yeah, I was going to say him and Morrison are still basically comedy acting about it. Yeah, I, I still enjoy their promos, but yeah, it's time to do some of that shit. Like, uh, that's why I was happy he lost it because like, like Luke, well, I, I wasn't even necessarily happy that he lost so much as I was happy that they were like okay we're gonna address this it's done that's what I mean like just do something with it like I don't want to I don't care if he loses or wins but do something with the fucking briefcase um but so Alexa had a had a segment with Oscar in her little playground you know and um she was kind of freaking out Oscar because She's the fiend, right? So they had a they had a match at the end of the show. I believe it was the last match of the night. Okay. And Alexa turned into her version of the fiend, like where you know her oh her with lips, the white eyes and her lips got dark and she on the black and was no selling for Oscar and Oscar was showing fear. And there's one particular segment where Alexa's in the corner and does the whole a character spider- that no sells a character that no sells is perfect for Alexa. Oh wow! <laughs> she can't get hurt. 
She can't get hurt, and she can't be afraid of the bump because she's not going to take it. For the record, Alexa was was taking them kicks and shit from Oscar Monday. Give her credit for that. I do give her credit for that because one of the things that she was notorious for is premature bumping because she was afraid to get hit. To take the bump. You facts, all facts. So a character um, that don't bump is perfect. Well, she did the little spider thing in the in the uh-huh, in the uh-huh. corner where she leans back and Oscar did the whole fall scared mm-hmm. stuff. And Alexa ended up winning because no selling and hit her with the uh and she hit her with the sister Abigail. So the fiend Alexa Bliss is going to win the Women's Royal Rumble? Maybe so, because that was why the, the initial uh, promo segment was to announce that she's in the Royal Rumble and to kind of build some shit between her and Asuka. And it's a chance that she might, and Alexa versus Asuka could be something, even though I think we're going to Asuka Charlotte 3 I mean, or whatever. I mean, but if the, nothing else, Alexa versus Asuka is at least a little refreshing at this point different. in time, because like, when's the last time they did a program together? Have they ever done a program together? I can't remember. And I mean, that's it, my thing. Um, so, like, that's a good thing. Because, like, that's a little refreshing. That's I, why Bianca versus Bailey has been so fun. Completely, it's different. Completely agree. So, what? but the reason I bring, I bring the whole thing up is because people were really pissed off that, well, Oscar can't no-sell. And I, I, you, Oscar can't be scared of Alexa playing cosplay and all this stuff. And... Shit like that pisses me off because so much of it is, is because people don't like Alexa or don't give Alexa credit. I think it may I didn't even watch and I think it makes perfect sense from a character perspective because okay, Rance, you're Alexa and I'm Asuka. I've fought you in the ring before. We maybe haven't had a program together, but we've had a tag match or something where I have owned your ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just beat the dog shit out of you because I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm in the ring and I mean, you look goth as fuck, and I mean, that's whatever, I don't care, but now all of a sudden I'm hitting you, and you acting like my punches taste like candy. Yeah. Points for you. Points for you. <laughs> Points for you. We can end the show now, just because you did that shit. I love it. I love it. Um, but yeah, like, you out here acting like that, of course I'm gonna freak the fuck out. What the hell is this? What happened to the fragile bitch that I beat the shit out of? The bigger issue for me that has nothing to do with Oscar or Alexa in general. It's the fact that why do we pick and choose what characters can or can't be scared? Like when when uh, Finn Balor, all five foot nine, uh, hundred and eighty five pounds of Finn Balor, becomes the demon. This motherfucker can like no sell for fucking Bobby Lashley. We don't give a fuck. We cool with that, right? We don't care about stuff like that. All these other situations. The, the actual fiend had Seth Rollins, Seth freaking Rollins, at the height of his babyface championship, He's crying like in the corner. And two curb stomps and shit. But I'm not even talking about. I'm not even talking about the physical stuff. I'm saying he had the man crying in the corner in fear. But because it's Alexa, oh, we can't do it. Or because it's Oscar, no. I, I just and stuff like that bothers me because if you if you don't respect the character. I don't give a fuck if you like the person who plays the character. If you're going to watch a show, you have to respect the character based on what the show presents the character as. If you don't want to do that, then don't fucking talk about it. I agree. All right. Speaking of the Royal Rumble, speaking of the Royal Rumble, I have a wish for the Women's Royal Rumble. That's, that I, it it's a celebrity. Good? 
Well, yes, but I have a celebrity, or not celebrity, a legend spot wish for the Royal Rumble, for the Women's Rumble. Are you, I'm guessing? No. Jazz has announced that this year is her retirement loop. Is she signed with Impact? I don't know if she's exclusive to Impact, but I don't even care. My thing is, she has announced that this is her, like, retirement loop. She is a former women's champion and a legend in the industry. Very important to women's history. And a, very important to black women's wrestling. So, like, I want Jazz as a legend's entrant in Women's Royal Rumble. I don't care how long she's in there. I don't care who she's in there with. I want Jazz to get a legend spot in Women's Rumble. Jazz is Victoria, and I'm good, bro. Oh, I'm yeah. I mean, you give me those. If you give me those two and Molly Holly, I don't need any other legends. And you gave me Molly last year, so I'm fine. Yeah. Mine's been in both, actually. The first and the second. Um, I'm, I'm, I'll be cool with seeing Melina one more time. Oh, I would absolutely be down to see Melina. I could, I could get down with that. But I love how you brought that up. And shout out to Jazz. Uh, a, a, a woman who... So many flowers for Jazz. So a, a woman who, does, who has never gotten her just due in history. And, and I blame it in large part to the fact that her era coincide, it coincided with Trish and Lita towards mm-hmm. the end. But Jazz was also a lot of times a victim of the fact that outside of a handful of people, the division was never very deep when she was there. See, now, see, I love, and, and when I say this, I don't mean this in any negative or disrespectful or any malicious way, but see, that's wonderfully coming from a person who's not heterosexual. The reason people like Jazz and Victoria don't get as much credit as they, use, as they should is because they aren't looked at on... Luna's another person. They aren't looked at to the masses. Man, Luna was so fucking good. They don't. They're not looked at as attractive to the masses, and that's. I think that's why so many people. People don't think Victoria's hot. Even my gay ass thinks Victoria's hot. Victoria's sexy. People don't think she's 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 facially attractive. Man, they can miss me with that shit. Even I see it. I'm with it too. Like, and even then, even if even if Luna and Jazz have very very particular looks, it's still attractive as hell. Right? They don't stop Rodney Mack from beating that shit up every night. And I mean that in a very well and, and in modern day jazz's awesome. case, in modern day jazz's case, do you know how much confidence it takes as a woman in today's okay. America to rock bald? Yep. To just but, rock that shit. But J- but Jazz has never met a fuck she gave she gave him. Nope. Never. Nope, never. <laughs> Not one single solitary fuck to give. So, and that's so, why she was such a perfect partner for um, Rodney Mack. Well, no, yes, but also for Jordan Grace in that women's oh, knockout tournament that they were doing. Yes, yes, that's what I made them a perfect that. pairing. It's like, oh, perfect. Two women who have no fucks to give. So I want, I want Jazz and Victoria, those two in particular, especially Victoria, mm-hmm. to get there, to get the love that they so deserve from the WWE universe and from wrestling fans in general, because we are at a point in our lives now where we respect women's wrestling for the wrestling. And we don't just, the reason Trish and Lita were as over as they were. It's because they had both. They had had body, but they could actually also wrestle. And And they'd be too interested in it because they were fine. Well, and the thing is, the other women who could wrestle of their era were overlooked because they were just there to anchor the division. Because there were plenty of women that could wrestle in that era. Jazz could wrestle. Victoria could wrestle. Molly could wrestle. Ivory could wrestle. 
like they could all go. Yeah, but you know what? You know, but you know what they what they all what they all could do too. Give them a bra and panties match. Yeah, do some nasty bullshit. Mickey debuted in that era, and the best storyline ever as a crazy psycho lesbian stalker. We need to we need to write down one day. Maybe I'm gonna have you come on one day. I'm gonna have you come on to uh, Head Trauma with us on Cheshire Radio, me right. and Mags, and I want to do the top five best women's storylines ever. Oh hell yeah! I am here for that. What you think for about that? Sure, I am so down you, for that. Absolutely. Because you said that, and I agree initially. But I'm thinking, man, since then there's got to be something else that might touch it. There have been no, there have been a lot of really great feuds yeah. since then, but that one always sticks out because it had everything. Well, that, and that and may be the most one that's build off or yes. a great send off at Mania. And that may have been the only women's story of that ilk that drew. The only other women's match of the era to have a big blow off at Mania was China and Ivory. And that was more a blow off to China's feud with the entirety of Right to Censor than it was her feud with Ivory itself. But you're talking just one-on-one match. Because I look at WrestleMania 18 and Safeco, and I look at, uh, that was Safeco, right? It's 19 and Safeco. And with uh, Trish, maybe 18. But the Trish, the Trish leader and Jazz triple threat. I look at that as a blow off of Trish and Lita. Oh, see, I always forget about that match. Great match, though. Fantastic match. match. Three Fantastic. women that knew what the fuck they were doing. That may have been the that may have been eighteen in Toronto because Trish came out with the. They had a triple threat both both at at eighteen and nineteen. But the, I'm talking about the one specifically with Trish, Lita, and um, Jazz. And if you go back to WrestleMania twenty one. I believe it was when Trish fought Christy Hemme. Maybe it was twenty-two. Um, that was supposed to be Lita. Lita tore ACL, which is why Lita trained yeah. in storyline Christy Hemme. You know, I feel bad. I always feel bad when Christy comes up because she wanted to be good and she cared about the business. And injuries and inability caught up with her so you know fast. She, you know, what she reminds me of hmm. Lana. Yeah, want genuinely wants to be good at this. Is not so good at this. Cares well, so much, puts so much work into it. Improved a lot. Improved a lot. And in Christie's case, when she could no longer perform in ring because the injuries caught up with her, she continued to improve her craft in other ways. To where she became a dependable valet. She became a good ring announcer. Like she was, she was on the creative team. She became a yeah, legitimate creative like person. She devoted herself to wrestling and cared so much about wrestling. And it's just yep. such a shame that like those concussions caught up with her so fast. And the, I think the difference between Lana and um, Christy physically, Lana's bigger, mm-hmm. taller, but Lana is a world-class dancer, ballerina. Mm-hmm. Yes. So she always had the physical ability to physically do it. Whereas Christy was coming out straight off the off the off the street, learning that stuff. And those first few bumps, ask Liv Morgan, those first few bumps, when you're first learning and you're but ninety five pounds. Is what makes, but you know what? It's knowing shit like that is what makes shit like that bullshit Ryback was spewing no. so infuriating. Yeah, like that just. Ugh, I hope Mark Henry does drop his ass. I just want to see Mark Henry eat his punches like Andy. Yes, that was the most gangster shit I have ever 
fucking heard. Especially the way he said it. Like, just so jovial. Your Yo, punch, punch tastes like candy to me. <laughs> Damn! I appreciate you even bringing that up because uh, that popped me for the night. Um, yeah, fuck for our back. If, if so, two things from the show. Secure the bag and fuck right back. Well, and you know what makes him so duplicitous? You know, we 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 talk about duplicitousness and duplicity a lot on this show. You know what makes him so duplicitous? This motherfucker changed his name to Ryback. Legally, so he yes. could keep using the name Ryback because he thought he was going to make all this fucking money in the business. And then when people when he got out the WWE where he was forced upon people and you couldn't say, no, I don't want to work with this dude. He's unsafe. Other companies, once word got around how he got down, other companies, people were just like, I ain't working Ryback. That motherfucker going to hurt me. Apparently, he'd think AW going to sign his ass one of these days. So, good luck with that. Shit. Shit. After he called title belts props, you think Mr. Loves the Business Cody Rhodes is about to sign your ass? Or Mr. Lifelong Fan Money Mark Tony Khan? Like, after you just summarily took a giant shit on it? Oh, no. No, no. Summarily is such a wonderful word. Thank you for that. Yeah, like, just, you know, they ain't about to sign your ass after that shit. Are you kidding me? Know your audience. I, I, I love when, the, when a good adverb is used uh, correctly. Thank you for that. Summarily. Yeah. Yeah, like, just took a giant deuce all over the business. To, oh, it's just props. It just means the company believes in you. Well, okay. it's interesting that a giant deuce took a giant deuce because he is a giant deuce. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um... Get us out of here, brother. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you can find our missing brother in arms, Carl, on Twitter at Outsider Curvin. You can find me on Twitter at Dr. S'mores. You can find our good brother Rance on Twitter at It's Ray Cash, R E Y as in Mysterios, who would should have been a damn champ. C S C A S H as in dollars, in which WWE and New Japan will make if they work together. Mm-hmm. Then Switchblade ain't gotta go nowhere. Um, <laughs> best of both worlds, huh? <laughs> yep, exactly. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter at Outsiders Edge CS. As always, we are part of the Chairshot Media Network at yeah. Chairshot Media, where you always use your head. I'll say it correctly because check out Chairshot Radio every day, eight o'clock in the morning. Your boy got a show every Thursday with the homie Mag. We got a revolving cast of all of our best hosts. Everybody's got a night or two, or everybody's got a night. Everybody talks about their own topics. Listen to Chair Shot Radio every day, y'all. Wrong. It isn't all of our best hosts because you're not on there. Oh. I mean, they know how to find me. Am um, I? Am I? Am I out of the hole yet? No, but it's all right. <laughs> we can get there. Uh, they know how to find me. Um, but anyway. Uh, as always, y'all, just remember we here at the Outsider's Edge are some increasingly less young gentlemen doing everything we can to try to make it in this world. And sometimes we're going to hit them with some hard truths, like Raw is stagnant as fuck, and they have got to do something about it. Unfortunately. And other times we're going to hit them with some real truths, like, yeah, Tom is right, the elite do be using people like that. Yep. Um... But no matter what, y'all, we're just out here chasing our dreams. And, like, you got to respect that. Because if you don't, well, 
Just like Thomas Daddy, we sure don't give a fuck. I'm going to say it like the homie Ricky does from Ricky and Clive. Fuck him. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll catch you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.